What up? What's happening, Doctor? How you feeling this evening? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, all is well, you know. It's another Sunday night service. Yes, sir. Right here on Religiously Incorrect Sunday night. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it was a hot one, then it wasn't. <laughs> you know, it, no, it, 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 it was, was a hot, hot one for me. <laughs> oh, Ray, listen, we've been it there. A, so, it was a hot one for me. You know, and I think every church gets hit at some point. Uh, we got hit with the AC going out a couple months ago. We actually had it twice mm. while we were rectifying and finding the problem. But two, and I already know your story because we already talked today. So right. two issues that always come up. It's always on the hottest day of the year. It's always on uh, National Hell Day. And, <laughs> and it's always when it's a special day with guests and visitors or a guest preacher. Always. Man, we had a beautiful crowd, friends and family day. Everybody's out. And we passing out fans. We got on Eric, we got on the ceiling fans. And I mean, ain't nothing, ain't nothing helping. It's I'm just, just like hot you. air blowing on hot air. I, I finished half my sermon. I was like, let's just do the benediction. Right. <laughs> right. Man, I mean, we, we all get there. And, and, and let's just be clear, just so everybody knows, this is not the subject, but let's just be clear. When it's hot like this, when it's bad like this, the preachers are just as miserable as everybody else. If not more miserable. We up there, you know, first of all, we worried, hoping that y'all ain't mad at us. Then well, they we, are. They are. Then we trying to preach. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we got devil to stress. It's burning up, you know. So we sweating before we even start preaching. I mean, I sweat naturally. You're already dying on the first song. You say amen, and you already just got <laughs> drenched. By the way, you know, how'd, you, how'd your uh, sweat stuff work? You, you know what? It Okay, so here's how it works. It, it doesn't stop me from sweating. I'm, I'm a forehead sweat guy, by the way. People who have never seen me preach glistening. Uh, it's, it's not the glow. I don't have the glory of the Lord on me. I'm sweating. <laughs> so I tried this new uh, a cream special lotion. It does not stop me from sweating completely, but it makes my sweat dry much quickly, much more quicker. Excuse me, much more quicker. So I dab. Usually I would like do the preacher towel and it's still just gushing. But it it literally stops right away. And all I have to do is take a second break and it really does handle it. So Pastor Holbrook knows our pain. They had a unit down. It's a bad year, y'all. It's global warming. Hey, the church better start believing in science and global warming. Global warming. I know that. The church is getting hotter. I'm about to bust out a couple of our stained glass windows and just put regular uh, air conditioners in there. Listen, ain't nothing wrong with it. Put, it, put all them window units in that joint. You better See call. Yeah, you better call one of them uh, assistance programs and say my church needs about ten of them joints. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, man. So, man, right. you know, it's one of those uh, the world is collapsing kind of weeks. That's what it feels like. You got. Chaos in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got uh, Hurricane Lucifer, you know, hitting uh, Louisiana right now. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which, by the way, why has nobody thought of that yet? Why has nobody thought about giving, <laughs> you know what I really think should happen? We need to start giving hurricanes Bible names. <laughs> start giving hurricanes Bible names. That would be that would be pretty cool. But but we are praying seriously for Louisiana. It's a terrible Absolutely. storm. I mean, for real, it's going to be very, very rough. Uh, and then, of course, we have the greatest 
you know, threat of all to mankind. And that is the great challenge. The great challenge. <laughs> that is like the number one threat. Great challenge in one week uh, has taken more victims than COVID. Uh, listen, listen, TikTok and Bandit, they can't, they can't even stop it because people keep on posting them. It's absolutely and I mean, they, they adding stuff to the crate challenge. You got the crate challenge while falling in water. The crate challenge, people doing it backwards now. It's the devil. I, I watched somebody do the crate challenge while they were rolling a blunt. I watched no. somebody do a crate challenge while he was eating a pack of Twinkies or something. He was like eating a pack of Twinkies while he was doing it. I, I bet you somebody does it with like a baby or something. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're skinny and agile it's probably pretty easy to do but if you're a bigger if you're a bigger individual and you can't hardly walk up and down the street are you sure i mean maybe you have a if you have what if you have a lower center of gravity <laughs> just, i don't know I, I don't i'm not gonna do it either way i i, I can yeah, consider myself to be pretty athletic and i'm not about to try to fool myself into believing that you know i it's just okay Here's what I'm surprised about, Pastor Jeff. I'll be honest. You know, this is religiously incorrect. The crate challenge seems really white boyish. And I don't get how it got to the hood. It's us in the hood. That's what I'm saying. That's the, I, went out to a, I went out to Southington schools for a while. That's the kind of stuff they would come up with out there. You have nothing better to do. And I don't know what it is about white people. They love hurting themselves, especially young white guys. Young white dudes just love hurting themselves like that. Uh, you know, excuse the language, the jackass movies and the jumping mm -hmm. off of, you know, just doing crazy stuff. Black people are usually averse to dangerous activities besides besides shooting, of course. <laughs> besides well, shooting, it's well, I mean, you know, just to, I guess, make it a little more serious. When these, when these challenges started, it was basically giving crack addicts and those people who didn't have any money, they were giving them money to make them yeah, do it. And it was yeah, almost like the, fights, like yeah, the bum fights and yeah, stuff. It was like almost that. a, a embarrassment and trying to make these, trying to make these people almost wanting them to fall. But you know, you get an incentive if you well, make they, it. They pushed one down. I mean, they pushed one yeah, girl down, oh, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so I just feel like, and, and I think that is, and I'm, I'm saying this and I'm, I'm, I'm talking black Afrocentric It's not even black history month yet. But again, even that behavior on the whole has not normally been been associated with the hood. Now I'm not saying that there isn't some rotten stuff people don't do sometimes and pick on people. And there have been things where they've done things to people for money and different things like that. And I know that they do that to people who are you know addicted. But I feel like a, a barrier is being crossed. I feel like a line is being crossed in how we treat each other and broadcast it. And I think it's a new level of of cruelty and yeah. meanness. And again, you're adding recklessness to cruelty, these are usually not uh, seen hugely in the black community, to be honest. I'm just being serious. It's not something you've seen. So to me, I'm concerned, and I, I know that sounds like melodramatic and all, but I feel like we are watching kind of a breakdown of certain values that used to be like, you know, just certain lines you don't cross. It's not, it's not even Christian values. It's just like, I... You know, somebody would usually step in and be like, yo, 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 don't do her like that. Don't do him like that. You know, right, da, 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 da. right, 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 right. 
It's if like, I if I was to even see it, I would please don't. I would stop. Don't don't do that. Well, it's you not, know what? it's not worth it. A if minister you need ten dollars, I'll give you ten. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly, exactly. Like, uh, don't don't do that. And and that's what I and I hope maybe there's some off camera instances where that has happened for these people who are downtrodden or mentally you know unstable or you know addicted and you know or poor. But you know, and I'll say his name because I know I, I like to quote people. Elder Mark Moore. Uh, at a at a convention once, a Berean conference a couple years ago said, we live in an attention economy. You, we live in an attention economy. And I do feel like, and I feel like we live in an attention economy. And, you know, when you think about vaccines and stuff, we also live in an incentive economy. Yeah. But to the attention part, we really are jumping beyond reason when it comes to the things we will do for attention. It's ridiculous. And I, I think it's, I, 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 I just feel like there's just a certain piece of your soul you kind of lose as a people when you start doing that, because then you'll exploit anybody for anything. Absolutely. And the crate challenge, I mean, it feels like something I would have come up with with my friends when I was a kid. Like, yo, let's try to walk over these boxes. Well, I mean, you know, grown you, people, though, grown when, we, when we were young, you know, you would take two cinder blocks, this broken piece of wood you found and try, try to, to ride your try, bike ride, ride, try to do jumps <laughs> i mean we got jacked up doing that we played evil knievel man you know how many of us <laughs> broke our legs playing evil my kids will never know who evil knievel is never. and and the joys never. Never. The, now let me let me ask let me ask our millions of viewers out there that have watched you know some of y'all didn't go to church some of y'all are still sitting at home uh based upon covid and y'all watching these uh uh live uh facebook show how many sermons how many people uh preach today how great is our god <laughs> how great is our god I, you know i was honestly thinking about it i, I don't want to jump into our topic so quick but i was thinking about it and i even put up a graphic i found online it was not my own meme but it was jesus walking on crates and i really was pretty close to using that graphic and creating a, uh, and I'll talk more about it, you know, but it's, it ain't nothing. I'm never going to do it. But one thing is everybody already came up with all the, the jokes and the points. Yeah, yeah. So the other part about social media is everybody always does all the jokes. There's really nothing that you can say <laughs> that hasn't already been said. So now if I see a video and I, I feel like we would have seen it already, it's nine o'clock. I feel like we would have seen the video already, or maybe it'll pop up tomorrow. Don't let me find a pastor that brought crates out on the pulpit. Please. Oh, my goodness. I I, I, I bet you it's one up. I bet you it's one. I, I mean, bet you it's one. Somebody that it might be, you know, in a little small church somewhere. Somebody done it, though. Somebody well, well, done it. Since we don't have a guest, before we get into our subject, uh, I'll just extend the time a little bit. I'll take some liberties. So what do you really think about the Afghanistan situation? Um. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Uh, we, you talking about with us pulling our troops out? Yeah, I mean, just everything that's happened. You know, the 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 the, the belief that it's bad decision. You know, it's obviously cost American lives. Thirteen brave, you know, soldiers. Right. Uh, you know, as, as a as a former former military, um, you know, I, I I do believe that we have a duty and responsibility to you know. Uh, stand our ground, you know, to to you know fight for justice, liberty, the pursuit of happy, all of that. But I I I I I don't know if it's worth it. 
I, I don't I don't really like the whole going overseas type thing. I don't I, I think we stand for you know united and I, I know it's humankind, human decency, all of that, but this is just me personally. Right. It's just me personally. I, I I mean I'd rather see us, you know, doing what we have to do for America and you yeah. know, it's just that's just me. So I, I I would I would much rather our troops be at home with their families and you know uh, yeah. out of harm's yeah. way, out of harm's way. You know it's very, it's very you know because you know I said today I said it today uh, during my summer I said people who are people who have people who are blessed oftentimes don't look like they're blessed. You know you know so you know you you had uh, Sarah who had a. Well, people who have a promise don't always look like they have a promise. You had right. Sarah, who was a, over, you know, childbearing age, who had a promise. You know, there's people over there who you don't think look like <laughs> they're attackers or they're, you know, they, they, I mean, literally, this little girl who has on a little dress and a jacket literally could have a bomb up under it. Oh, yeah, they give you to her. Yeah. And you would never know. You know what right. I mean? These are, the, you know, these are the people who we as Americans just say we want to help. Hey, how you doing? Let me help you across the street. You help somebody up across the street and end up blown up. You know. Um, well, you know, I think ever since Vietnam, first of all, my heart goes out to the soldiers, our brave soldiers who have given their lives, their energies, their their creativity, who believe in the cause of freedom, spreading democracy. They literally participated in trying to give these people a better life. Let's not pretend like they were living in good conditions because they were not. Right. You know, the subjugation of women, you know, very primitive forms of uh, very conservative and fundamental forms, I should say. I don't want to say primitive, fundamental forms of Islamic faith. But, but Afghanistan has kicked everybody's tail who's ever tried to go in there from the Roman Empire until today. Mm-hmm. They've kicked, some people don't want you. I don't care what you think you got to offer Absolutely. them. They don't Absolutely. want it. Absolutely. Like, leave these people alone. They sent the Romans out. They sent the Russians out. Then we come skirting in there. We we have been on a bad 50-some-year track record since Vietnam of trying to figure out that the, there are pockets of this world that we will never be able to conquer with, no matter how many bombs and missiles and technology we have, because there is nothing like strict devotion to who you are as a people and what you believe in, and these people will die. They should have figured that out in the last days of World War II when them Japanese were still sniping people from hillsides like six months after they surrendered. Like, they ain't care. Right. They're like, I'll just, I'll just fly this plane into your boat. Like, we're dealing with different. And so America's arrogance is going to continue to catch up with themselves and soldiers and even, you know, well-intentioned people are going to end up in the middle of this with us feeling like I, I want to spread freedom too. This world will not be full of free people. It will never. It, it won't be. And some people don't want to have a Congress and a president and a parliament. They want it. They, they would, we have had kings and, and princes and all this mess far longer and far stronger than we've ever had democracy. Absolutely. And why we think Absolutely. we can turn this whole daggone thing around in a couple hundred years, thousands of years of history bugs the heck out of me because people's emotions and patriotism and devotion really get caught up in it. And I feel bad. I know soldiers personally who served there and they're broken. They're dealing with depression, suicide, you know, all types of things because of the sacrifices they made just to watch it happen this way. And bloodshed was going to happen one way or the other. Let's just be clear. 
there was no easy way out. None. Absolutely. Zero. My, Again, my brother, I watched my brother, I watched my brother, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, wake up with chills and, 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 you know, still go through, you know, what he, what he, what he has went through. So it, it is, it is very tedious. It's very, you know, people are, people are, are going through there. They're having, and it's just, it's a sad situation, man. We, yeah. we have to be, we have to continue to pray for our soldiers who have to endure these hardships. And I, and I have three words and that is everybody's to blame. Everybody's to blame. Only one person actually voted against going to Afghanistan and getting involved in all this junk. And we've had two Republican presidents, two Democratic presidents. They're all to blame. Every last Absolutely. one of them. Absolutely. You know, so it is what it is, whether it's intelligence, whether it is, whatever it is, man. So uh, before I get into our official sponsors, tonight's uh, show is sponsored by Chocolate Milk. Uh, <laughs> haven't had Chocolate Milk in like 20 years. I don't know what. I think I was tired of drinking Pepsi. Is that the real Chocolate Milk or is that the Hershey's? This is Hershey's, the this is, oh, this is Hershey's uh, syrup, Chocolate Milk. Listen, before we get to our sponsors, we just want to make a huge announcement. Huge announcement. Y'all Y'all need to listen up. Listen in right quick. Right quick, right quick, right Lend quick. me your ear. Lend me your ear. Heed, heed unto what I'm saying. Listen, next week, starting next week, the first Sunday of, what's next month? September, the ninth month, we are going to start on a new time, new time, new time alert. We will be coming on at 8 o'clock instead of 9. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Every Sunday night service, as we're getting closer to the real Sunday night service time. <laughs> right, right. Pretty soon we have testimony service, uh, pastoral night. And that is not to say we're going to go way over an hour now. But we no, are no, still, it's still an hour. Still hour, hour some, and, yeah, but but we are starting at 8 o'clock now. So. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we're on daylight savings time. It's religiously incorrect daylight savings time. <laughs> right, it's getting dark out there. All right. We want to thank our sponsors, as always, for supporting Religiously Incorrect and allowing us to have a show. Without you, we couldn't pay our cable bill. So Phillips Care Cleaning Service, uh, do res doing residential and commercial cleaning floor, basic deep cleaning, carpet cleaning, upholstery, wood floor, move in and move out. Don't waste your time. Let Phillips Care Cleaning do it. Call Fernando at 330-219-7916 or look up Phillips Care Cleaning, Phillips Care LLC on Facebook. And while you're at it, you know the leaves are falling. You know the trees are going bare, and my, my 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 yard was filled up. Check out Phillips Care Lawn Services. They will take care of all your leaf pickup, edging, trimming, lawn mowing. Uh, they will take care of it. They also do plow services. Uh, they they do it all. They are excellent, serving the entire Mahoney Valley. Check them out again on Facebook at Phillips Care LLC, or call three three zero two one nine seven nine one six. Tell them Todd and Pastor Jeff. From religiously incorrect sent you. You're not going to get a discount, but you'll get a, you'll get a smile. You know that's that's about all you're going to get. So we appreciate Phillips Care Family of Businesses yes, for yes. supporting us. Jeff, what's our topic tonight? It's just me and you. Maybe we'll bring in a surprise guest. Uh, what, what's the topic tonight? Our topic tonight is, uh, as we would say at the beginning of our sermon, uh, I just want to tag the text. I want to tag the text. That's uh, what you say because you're cool. <laughs> I say if if I if I had a subject, preachers love lying. If I had a subject, you know, you well, you subject. about it all week long. You know good and well. You got about thirteen uh, different versions written down in your notebook. 
Now, now, just so we know, I, I, I did, um, I tagged and talked to about, tagged about five, six pastors. Okay. Uh, told, them, t- told them to listen in. Uh, please write and share your comments. Uh, just let us know uh, what you feel. You know, if you have anything to add to, because obviously I'm not the, I'm not the greatest. I, I know Pastor Todd is. He's the greatest uh, preacher alive, but I'm not the greatest. So maybe you guys can add to and help us out as we talk about sermon prep 101. Um, and relevancy, you know, how, how relevant, you know, our sermons are. So, I mean, we, we, we're going we're gonna to chop it up. It's been a while. This goes back to the, the origins of religiously incorrect. How do you, Pastor Jeff, decide what you're going to preach about? Let's just start with just subject matter. Uh, you know, I watch TV and, uh, <laughs> and I find something. No. Jeff watches BET After Dark. And, uh, <laughs> no, honestly, um, you know, as of lately, as of late, I've definitely been trying uh, to stick to uh, more or less um, uh, series. I am really into series and it, it, it it makes life a lot more easier for me as well as um, it gives me a backdrop to stick to while going further into what the Lord has for me to say. Um, and even, and even in during series, I think we really have to be prayerful and we really have to be uh, dedicated to uh, studying because uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, you may try to hit, you know, or say you're trying to do the right, like right, right now I'm doing the book of um, the book of Exodus. Um, so you know I might do Exodus one and Exodus two, but then Exodus three is you know, and I know you had to deal with it when you were doing Nehemiah. There oh, are some yeah. books, there are some Bro. books in Nehemiah just like eh, I don't know, I, might, I might have to skip this. One. Hey, can we be honest? <laughs> okay, we're gonna be honest, Jeff. We don't always read ahead as much as we probably should. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you already you only had like a couple chapters you were thinking about. And then by the time you get to chapter four, you're like, uh, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be a story about uh, 9,000 people that had babies. And then somebody, you know, sperm on the ground or something. Like it'd be some crazy story <laughs> that you forgot was there. Why did I laugh so hard about that? <laughs> I think I laughed so hard because you said it. Because <laughs> I said it. I'm just saying. It's stuff in there, and we, we're, we're guilty of it. Sometimes we can be short-sighted about it, but you're right. You know, theme preaching <laughs> excuse me, has become popular. Uh, I'm the type of person, I think everybody's different. I think people go through different seasons. Some people are just ridiculously uh, disciplined and structured, and there are people that have their sermons mapped out like a year in advance or they know what the first quarter of the year is already going to look like. And they're working on the second quarter of the year by February. Right. And they know where they're at. Uh, I am a random idea guy and I don't like to say the word idea. I know that might sound unspiritual to you guys, but uh, I, I sort of glean, I guess, at, honestly, out of just a well of knowledge and just a well, like it's there. And, uh, I just believe that the Holy Spirit brings something to my attention. I really don't take credit for formulating the idea. I feel like something just kind of pops into your spirit. And, you know, you ever heard that? And I don't know if this is a newer phrase because we're young, so I can't, I I wouldn't know if somebody's been saying this for years, but we say like this dropped in my spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. it really does. It really does. does. It it really, I mean, I know it sounds so cliche, but it's true. 
the, the word really does drop in your spirit or or God, you know, I go through seasons where and I think preachers have even like lifelong focuses where there are some preachers that just preach within the context of, say, like the congregation and the church. And there are others who preach in the prophetic vein and there are others who preach, you know, a kingdom message, others who preach a praise and worship deliverance, you know, obviously evangelistic. You know, uh, I have a body of Christ, New Testament kind of a flavor and feel to how I kind of push. Mm -hmm but also like a life application, you know, right, which, right, which right. we would call topical, you know, topical, uh, right. which we call, you know, topical, you know, but it, it can be very random. And sometimes I can have sermons that I've never preached, but I already had the outline and the main points that I feel the, the spirit gave and just didn't know the right time uh, to give it. So one of, the, one of the scariest things for me is, you know, when I'm on a series and like you said, that revelation or, you know, God dropped something in my spirit. And it's like, you know, do I do do we stop the, you know, the series that we on? And oftentimes I have because I really felt like God dropped this in my spirit and I need to say it. And once I say it, it's kind of hard to get back on track. It's hard to get back on track. And yeah. that series yeah. that I was in. So I end up doing one offs, uh, uh, you know, after, after and, and not just in a series, but within a sermon, we have all gone on a tangent that we did not intend. Oh, and yeah. it can. It can be spirit led and sometimes it can just be us. Like we chased an idea too far and we kind of went down a rabbit hole. It's a matter of discipline. Like you have to stay on task. Uh, and, and and if God really did lead you to another place, then you got to stick with that too. But there have been times when I literally preached two sermons in one day because I really chased a rabbit hole and then tried to come back to what I originally never really fulfilled. And now I'm up there for an hour you know, mm -hmm. and that that's just not conducive to, to what okay. you should do. Here's a question that I have for you and those pastors who may be watching, if any of you want, want to uh, chime in and just, Pastor you know, Mark Rains, Pastor Mike Marsh, uh, <laughs> you, you guys want to answer this. What, 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 what is it? You know, I have heard a lot of times where people have said things such as, you know, we shouldn't have, or you shouldn't preach issues that are in the church. And, you know, I, I don't know if I see that biblically because I see biblically where Jesus said, you know, or Paul, this such and such is going on. Oh, they talk to us religious people. Right. <laughs> you know, such like, and such. Like, at all. You know, and, and, they, and they have to, and now I'm not talking about preaching a person's personal business. No, I preach, well, I, I, I preach people's <laughs> text messages. I don't care. I'll be like, get a load of this inbox I got last night. <laughs> No, 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 no. Uh, listen, I have run into that buzzsaw. I've run into that buzzsaw, uh, particularly at the church I was raised in. And I began preaching and I was accused of preaching on people or preaching very immediate to circumstances. Uh, right. The fact of the matter is that the New Testament church and I'm a, I'm a New Testament kind of guy. Uh, not to say that the, the pastor should use the pulpit as a bully pulpit. But I do believe that as shepherds. We are the pastors and leaders of the church. We have an obligation to do what the what the what the what the Bible says: reprove, correct, reproach, set right. the house in order. So, if gossip has arisen in your church and it's created a problem, I don't think the pastor is out of order. Matter of fact, it'd be better off sometimes if you just go on ahead and preach the issue that everybody knows is going on. There you Might go. as well. And truth be told, all these daggone meetings and messages and phone calls between here's God's standard. 
Yeah, right. he's got because we'll kill ourselves with all these private meetings and all this stuff. And and mm-hmm. and and people who say you shouldn't preach the issues of the church over the pulpit, uh, that's literally like most of Paul's writings. Mm-hmm. He is like Bob's messing up. Right. There's a group of y'all, or there's a group of y'all that's teaching this doctrine, and you need to be clear about what's happening. Uh, we get into the tongues and, and spirit-led church and all that stuff. You know, there are some of y'all all speaking in tongues at the same time. You're causing confusion in the church. Nobody's speaking English anymore. People don't understand the word. You need to stop that. This is how service should go. Literally, if we want to make his letters into sermons, which they kind of sort of are, uh, <laughs> somebody said there are three meetings, the one before, the one meeting, and the one after. <laughs> You're right about that, Brother Smith. There, there are definitely more. So I, I firmly believe in preaching because every church is a unique body and family. And just like the leader of a church and the, the leader of a household, you address what's going on in your household. You don't do it to the detriment of the witness of the church. You right. don't air out and the visitors looking around like who y'all talking about. You do formulate it in a way that it is a learning experience for everybody. Whether you are a part of this body or you're just a Christian, these are God's expectations for all of us. And yeah, I think uh, it's great to say, what, like you said, what what does God have to say on this subject? Whether it's gospel, whether it's you know, uh, the church has had an uprise in teenage pregnancy. Yeah, you know, there a, a season of dissension and division. Right, what what right, if the church right. is on the verge of splitting and it's been having a series of ugly meetings and? callous behavior towards one another. And you, and even on the backside of that, which I have alluded to in our church at times, I have said, hey, there have been very tough seasons for our church, maybe, maybe before my tenure. You know, it, it's well known, it's daggone, you know, public knowledge that there were ugly seasons, you know, in churches or scandals that might have occurred in churches. I believe there are gracious ways of addressing that and talking about how we learn and commit to not repeating those things and and using biblical examples. So I definitely believe that we should not be so pie in the sky that we don't pay attention to the issues right in front of our noses. And and again, now some people will never be satisfied because in some cases, some people think you should never say anything. And some people think you're never saying enough because they have an idea of what you need to address, how strongly you need to address it. And, and you'll, you'll never be as you'll, you'll never please them. To be honest, you, uh, you you you'd have to call up the person they're mad at and like beat them up in front of the church for them to be satisfied. And, <laughs> right, right, you know, right, right, right. That's right. not going to happen. So I definitely believe, you know, not just issues in the church. Now, you know, when we talk about sermon prep, you know. And thank you, Pastor Walker. I appreciate it. Let's read Pastor Walker's uh, comment. You preach on the subject that affects the church, not aiming at the person. And if one is dealing with the subject, usually there are more. You better believe it. Come it's on, like, sir. It's like ants, Doc. If you see one, it's a <laughs> whole colony. And, yes, and by sir. the way, and it's been talked about. It's been discussed. People have already formed their opinion. They're yep. practically mm-hmm. waiting to see what you're going to say so they can discuss it some more. To be honest, I'm talking about unspiritual people who are still carnal-minded. They're going to do that. And and you, and I, I would go as far to say, and you can tell me, you know, I don't think you should be afraid of losing people over preaching truth. Listen, I've always said, you know, I've, I've said it over and over again. You can't you can't lead them if you need them. Bruh. You can't lead them if you need them. There are times you have to, you know, Write you that. have to say. Write that one down, <laughs> Doc. You, you, sometimes you have to say stuff and not worry about the, you know, the ramifications of it. You know, some people are going to leave. You know, it, it's it. some people. 
some people are not going to like what you say. And, you know, but I think if God put, placed it on your heart to say it, say it. And, you know, hopefully, like you said, say it graciously, you know, deal with it, deal with it graciously. And there it is. You know, and I, I add my own rhyming point to it. And I mean this seriously, to be honest. Uh, if it wasn't this thing, it was going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. whatever thing that was the offense, and usually it's in sermon based, you know, whatever thing it is, and that's the thing, it was probably going to be something. It, it, it just happened to be this thing. And right, uh, right, you're right. absolutely right about needing people so much. And I mean, and let, let's be honest. I mean, we do live in a world that has shifted the expectations of the preacher, what it means to be a preacher. And a lot of this has to do with because they're listening to a lot of preaching that is not coming from their own pastor who actually knows them and knows the flock. You know, there is a difference between listening to someone prepare a sermon that is going out to millions of people and is broken down into 20 minute clips or 15 minute clips or three right, minute clips. Right. Mm-hmm. And someone who is living among the people, the shepherd that actually lives among the sheep. He smells like the sheep. He knows the sheep. He knows their families, where they live, what they're doing, when they're slipping. You know, he knows when they just look funky in church and know something wrong. On, no, sir. people aren't the same. So it, it is a different dynamic and it takes nothing away from the sermon clips that, you know, the word. Th- those are great words. But they're, they might, and honestly, sometimes you're watching clips of some other preacher talking to his house and not right. your house. Right. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. You yes, know, it, it, it's also it, his house. Oh, Dave, this, wait, 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 read Dave's. It also matters if this issue is with a sheep in the congregation and a wolf. Woo. They don't get treated the same. Bruh, bruh, <laughs> bruh, bruh. Listen, you, you, you didn't. I'm about to send Dave a link and bring him into this joint. Listen, I'll start walking on pews and kick him in the face. I don't care. You're a wolf anyway. And let's preface this conversation. I'll wrap this, I'll wrap this mic cord around your neck. And, start <laughs> and let's preface this conversation, Pastor Todd, with this is not uh this is not pointed or or this is not take away from the, the angry path because there are some pastors who are just uh, angry. There are some pastors who fussing. are just fussing and they fuss about every every little thing. And you I'm, going and to they, hell and you they, going to hell. Oh yeah. And, and let me let me say let me give my let me let me get my next my next rhyme and point. Uh you can never get good meat out of a bat out of a mad cow. Woo! So you, back to preaching. You've been rare form today. <laughs> Did you take a nap? Yeah, I took a little nap. But okay. I mean <laughs> and that's the truth, you know. So when when you, when you're up there and you're just angry and you know you're telling everybody's business, you know. And I, I think I have I have an issue with people who uh, say, um, you know, God God left me to be the remnant. You know, oh, yeah. I, I have to stay. Yeah. I, I can't listen. Listen. No. If a house is on fire, you don't you don't need permission to get out the house. Peace out, Doc. Peace out. Run, you know. So I mean, if this person is just you know spewing hate and you know uh, madness and anger over the pulpit, you know, it, it's it's trust me, it's sixty one and it's sixty one African American right. churches just in war. Right, right. So, oh yeah, in the in the vicinity and beyond. Yeah, right. yeah. It, it's it's plenty of places to find something somewhere. Uh, what resources do you use, Pastor Jeff? Uh, what what resources would you say you lean on or do you? I, I do. I, I am a big book person. I am a big, huge 
uh, whether it be uh, concordance, whether it be uh, uh, lexicon, whether it be, you know, I, I use, you know, a million different Bibles. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I know a lot of people have went to these, um, I can't even remember what they're, what they're called on uh, the computer. Uh, Logos. And, Logos. Uh, I, I, yeah. I can't, I can't, it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. It kind of aggravates me to be honest too, to be, and I'm a techie. I'm just yeah. not. <laughs> I'm a pages person. I, I am, I mean, I have books for every occasion, every, uh, you know, I got commentary on every single uh, book of the Bible. And, and so, and I mean, it's not to say that I, you know, I don't steal stuff, but I, I, I read and it helps me to expand what God has already given me. So. Right. Well, good for you. Cause I steal stuff, man. My, <laughs> my entire reference library is the Jamal Harrison Bryant YouTube page. <laughs> I just, I just, whatever he preached five years ago, I just preach it now, and I hope people forget about it. Uh, you know, we was raised, you know, Pastor George, you know, my father, he talked highly of, you know, make sure you have your concordance and your vines yeah. in front of you, uh, which I do. I also would caution people to know, and I've run into this myself personally, I think most of us young, younger ministers do, and unlearned ministers who want to grab a few books. Just simply tracing that number or clicking that link to see what the Greek or Hebrew is only part of the story, to be Absolutely. honest. Absolutely. Now, it can give you the basis of what you need, but it's only part of the story. I'm like you. A lot of uh, just random books that pique my interest. And honestly, as I read, I let the the, the spirit minister to me and draw things out that are interesting. I'm, I'm taking some classes right now, and these books are full of rich uh, points. I'm reading, I was, I've, I've, I've gone through two books on church history, two classes on church history. And I mean, a lot of it involves the schisms and differences and debates that helped form Christianity and some that still exist. And just listening to these individuals state their case and mm -hmm. state their points is, is ridiculously enriching. I mean, we are like really missing out on not reading the church fathers and knowing what some of the, even the Karl Barths and the Diedrich Bonhoeffers and of the world, like a lot of people do not, do not spend time really reading even the German, you know, and, uh, you know, Wesleyan, uh, that type of stuff. So that, that is, is very, uh, very essential, uh, to me is just to have resources and to allow, you know, the spirit to work through what I'm engaging. And and then what we're seeing, of course, in the world, uh, Mark has a great question. I think both of us can address. And the question is, what part does prayer and fasting play in your sermon prep? Uh, I would say a big part. Huge. But something I do, to be honest, is I have set apart times for prayer that are not necessarily like I went in my basement for two hours. Right. You know, uh, it could be a long car ride. Uh, and if I have a particularly I have a particular sermon that I'm working on right now and I don't know when it's going to come because it is controversial. It has to do with sexuality uh, and the changing norms of identity and how does the church address it? And it's not because I'm fearful in any way, shape or form. I just want definitely because let's just be clear. There are just some themes that are so common to the preacher and the Christianity. You can just kind of run through them and they will be fruitful and right. helpful to the body. It doesn't mean you're phoning it in. It doesn't mean you're just rehashing old material. It's still encouraging the David and Goliath stuff, you know, all that. But there are certain things that are 
extremely sensitive and may even help point your church and people's minds in a different direction doctrinally or relationally. And I believe that those sensitive things definitely deserve more attention. And so what I don't do is just pray and just hope I come out of that with some prophetic sermon and then just start speaking off the cuff in the pulpit. Cause I think that's unwise and reckless, quite frankly. And it's not how I operate personally. Maybe somebody else has that God stream of consciousness. It ain't me. Uh, I do need to have my three points and they all have to start with the same letter. (laughs) Those are the greatest. It's called alliteration. It's called alliteration. And I'll be honest, I do it for two reasons. Number one, it helps me remember my points. Mm -hmm. They were the same points I was going to make, whether they had letters or not, to be honest. Right, right, right. But they also help me stretch my vocabulary and I want to be a better speaker. Can I be clear about this? As a preacher, I want to be a good speaker. Absolutely. I want to keep people's attention, interest. I want to challenge myself. I do not want to be an ain't got good speaker for the rest of my life. Uh, there's got to be more words than the one or two, three buzzwords we come up with. You say something you know. for 20 minutes and then the last 10 minutes of the sermon, you hoop and holler and hold your air. Well, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to do that too. But, you know, for me, um, honestly, uh, you know, like you said, it's it's the prayer Mostly it's me going to work. Obviously, a lot of a lot of y'all may not may or may not know. I work 12 hours. Big Mike, when he comes in, can attest. There, there'll be times I have 10 books out on my desk at work. And I'll write, I'll write literally 20 pages of notes for a 20, 30 minute sermon. You know, at the end of at the end of the week, I'm trying to bring all these notes into one little sermon and you know half of them I don't even use but I, I keep them because I may go back to it because you know I may have to preach this thing again you know <laughs> times I've preached the same sermon three times three different ways so those yeah. notes come in handy who is so, a paramour that said uh uh if, if it's worth preaching once it's worth preaching again absolutely yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And, 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 and and so, yeah, you're right. There is so much that comes. And, and, and on the flip side, there have been times when I literally scratched down three words and got up and preached a, a full sermon off of it, uh, because there is a such thing as a certain confidence. There are times when I am on shaky ground as far as my familiarity and even my spiritual confidence about what I'm saying for whatever reason. Maybe God is doing that purposely uh, in order to. Uh, challenge me and make me dependent on him as opposed to comfortable with my routine of writing sermons. And there are times when I go in, <laughs> like, I know what's going to come out, but I don't know what's going to come out. Yeah. I know what I've studied. I know what I feel like I've heard God say that I want to say, but I also, but there are other times where all I need is three words. This is so strong and so easy. And I'm, 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 and I don't want to say easy as if I'm saying it's easy, but, but right, it is right, right. clear. It's, it, it's as easy for me to get up and preach as it is for LeBron to get on a basketball court and play right, basketball. Right, it right, is what right, we right. do. So, right, you know, right. I, so, you know, back in the sermon prep, do you deal with any anxiety or fear? Oh, definitely. There, 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 there's, well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, 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 what helped me a lot. Um, and I, this is something I was going to bring up anyway. So I, I'll just bring it up now. I, a couple years ago, um, my boy, I don't know if he's on. Matter of fact, I tagged him too. Sylvester Patton asked me to come up to, uh, uh, Dallas or Texas and preach for him. Huge church up there, huge uh-huh. major church. And I mean, I just had anxiety. I did. I had anxiety uh, from the time he asked me. And I think it was probably the 
two weeks before he called me. He said, he said, how you doing, man? You know, <coughs> a little bit. he said, man, he said, I hope you ain't trying to, you know, make something new up to come up here. He said, man, get on a horse that you already rode and ride it again. Right. <laughs> and it, it, it helped me, you know, because I didn't feel the pressure or the anxiety because you, I don't know these people. I don't, you know, I've never yeah. been to this church. I don't know how they feel. You know what I'm saying? So I'm able to grab a sermon that I've already grabbed or preached and, you know, and, and preach it again. And, and it worked out well. And I mean, I think, and I'm, I'm not saying everybody, I think more preachers probably do that more often than what is thought. Oh yeah. 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 It, it, it definitely happens more often. And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, the Bible repeats itself. Prophets repeat themselves. Paul repeated himself. Jesus repeated himself. Uh, but even with nervousness, I mean, I've definitely felt it. And I'll be honest, again, there is a certain confidence and I'm working on it. Uh, not cockiness, not feeling like I have the cat by the tail. But again, there is a certainty of the call. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I think uh, Brother Thomas for saying that it's a bad sign if you're not nervous. I do think that it comes in different forms in your preparation. It comes in different forms in the way that you express yourself and everybody's different. Uh, a big part of my journey has been learning to accept that I belong, that I'm good enough and that, uh, you know, I'm a blessing to people and I fit in in spaces where I'm thinking, yeah, they're just going to humor me. They're going to humor me, say good job and send me on my way. And I'm really not, you know, saying anything of any dynamic, you know, but I've been proven wrong again and again and again. But my body responds when I'm nervous. I am more stressed out, even aching when I've been up and I was nervous. I sweat more. My mouth gets dry. I, I, when I preached a 10 minute uh, sermonette for Bishop at Berean, first of all, I didn't want to disappoint him. Look bad. I know he has a giant audience online. And I mean, my lips were mush mouth like the first minute. This cat's giving me his water. I was embarrassed. He was like, he felt bad for me. He was like, you can have my goblet, Doc. You about to die. Up, like, you about to, like, you look like the mummy, like the mummy up here. So it, it manifests itself in me physically. But does it come, does it come because of, like you said, somebody, I mean, when you preaching in, some, in front of somebody like Bishop or, you know, I mean, I'm generally not nervous. I mean, not to be braggadocious, I believe that I can I'm typically preach. not nervous either. I believe so that it does I, I come with the I platform. Yeah, yeah, the platform. When I when I come to second, when I come, I know I know what you bring every week. I know what you bring. The reason I joined Agape, you know, me and my wife came three times, and I'm like, okay, everybody got that one good sermon. The next week I came, you hit right. it out the ballpark again. The next week came, and I'm like, oh. This dude can actually preach. You know what I mean? Then he joined and I started fussing. (laughs) These preachers always joining these churches. (laughs) You need to be in Bible study. But, but, you know, I mean, there there are certain platforms you get on where it's just like, you know, this this that dude. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to. Oh, man, you know, we probably have to have a whole show about this. And we always come up with ideas in the middle of our, uh, in the middle of our shows. But, you know, let's not pretend like, most people don't think in the back of their minds that this platform could lead to another platform. Come on, sir. Can we be politically incorrect? Well, all you pure hearted, all you pure hearted, I'm doing it for the Lord. Nah, (laughs) no, no. You are hoping somebody at or above the caliber of where you're already at Mm -hmm. might notice. And and I mean, it can be genuine. It's, It's not, 
some callous trying to climb the ladder. Sometimes you're just like, you know, I, I, I it, it is a matter of sometimes of self-worth or, or, you know, am I personally appreciated in any way, shape or form? And, and will someone notice the gift in me? Will anyone notice me enough to affirm me? I don't have to always be at the top level, but would I get one shot? Would I get one chance to right. prove? Cause I believe there are a lot of geniuses in small churches, a lot of unknown people. And unfortunately, and I don't mean this to be, you know, disrespectful, but but a lot of weak words coming on big platforms just because of relationships. Come on, sir. A lot of weak words coming on large platforms Come on. because Come of relationships. On. And on. again, and then even like the word, like a lot of this stuff's been said before, said a different way, rearranged, new terminology, and all that. But then I look at people who are sincere, who can present well, and who knows what blessing they might be to people if they would get the chance. So I I I I I'll say what a lot of preachers won't say. When you do get that one chance, there is in the back of your mind that, you know, if the bishop of my church asks me, then maybe others on the board or others who are a prominent prominence in this, you know, organization denomination, maybe they'll notice and, and see. And again, it's not all self-aggrandizing. I want a big check and I want to travel. Right, it, right, it, right, right. It, it's not that. So it's hard to describe because there are some people who will hear those words and that's all they'll think is y'all preachers just trying to get on big. Just think you deserve this and that. So I think that's a big part. I, well, I, wanna... I don't think I don't think it's wrong. I don't think, you know, I don't think it's wrong for you to get a job as a dishwasher and hope to soon be a cook. You know what I mean? I, right. I, I don't think I don't. And I think we 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 uh, hold preachers as we have to be this humble modest and and we should be humble and modest but you know it's not wrong to not want to you know to want to have a bigger church or or, or to recognize your gift man i mean yeah. if, if the singer can sing and know they singing and the musician can play and know he's playing then the preacher can preach and know he's preaching oh he's preaching that's right that's right i know i'm preaching better than you saying amen i got you give me a new church i bet you i have folks born on the floor right now over these whack three points. Y'all looking at me crazy. I'd have been up all night and y'all looking at me crazy. Shoot. You hear me second? No, I'm joking. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, Mark talked about something. I do want to switch gears because we're coming up on our time. But Mark talked about, do we get nervous with corrective messages? Uh, I typically don't anymore. Uh, I regret sometimes after the fact when you find out people took them and, you know, ran with it and you're like, oh man, you know, this is going to turn into something. So I might be more nervous afterwards than before. You know, and let's be clear when preachers get up, you're ready to preach that message. They bold, they mad. They, uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> they got something to say. They ain't thinking about it. It's after the fact. <laughs> hey, hey, when you, when you get up and you say, um, we're not recording today. Yeah, we gotta turn the stream off. <laughs> turn the stream off. You know it's you know it's on the pop. I need you, I need, I need you to take this off of Facebook. Uh, I need you to take this off of Facebook. I got I got some things to say. <laughs> Lock the doors. It won't be no ho hollering and shouting today. Uh, we just uh, gonna talk for a little while. Lady Dela Cruz asks, "Are you nervous about preaching on money?" Uh, not anymore. I used to not be good at it, but I, I admit that I am not a good fundraiser. I'm not good at, I'm getting better. And I'm being, I'm, I'm using very plain language for those of you that are super spiritual or those of you that think, you know, I'm preachers or phony or whatever. I'm just using very plain language. I, I've never been good at raising funds with my voice. I've never been good at persuading people to give large sums of money. I, I'm very businesslike. 
I'm like, look, yeah, this cost this costs as much money. Uh, let's do some math real quick. I pull out a calculator. It'd be like, if all of us give this much, we so let's let's listen go home. But I've learned that there is a gift in describing the blessings of God. I got a new phrase. I got a new phrase that I use all the time now, and it's God's windows are far bigger than your wallets. Wow, I like that. God's windows are far bigger I, I, than your I, I, wallet. I'm gonna tell you right now. I just stole that. That's go ahead and stole that, it. That would, that would that would be said on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and take it. That, that, that would be said on God. Go, go ahead and take it. But I, I mean, you know, you know, be, but let's be clear. Corrective sermons, money sermons, those are all hot button issues that the pastors are have been marked for years. As the pastors either gonna fuss or beg or brag, and you know, if you go in any of those directions, whether you're talking about being successful or how God has blessed the church, or you're talking about what we need to do as far as giving or an endeavor or a vision that requires giving or correcting something. I think that at this juncture for us, I do think that there is a little bit of an extra tinge of social consideration because of the world we live in, where people are not totally tied to the to the loyalty to the church where they put up with stuff. There's already a negative tone to everything. So there's already like this, 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 this could turn into a Facebook post or a Twitter feed or somebody could just say my name online and twist what I said. And so, you know, we live in a far more sensitive society now. But and I, I, more- I, think that, I think there's a way that you can preach on money without begging, without, you know, there's a way that you can. And it matters who it comes from. Let's just be clear. Absolutely. If, Absolutely. If, I've said it before. I'm not saying it's out of a bitter spirit or nothing. You can think what you want to think. But if, if you if the guy is popular. If the guy's handsome, if the guy's well spoken, all of a sudden everything he's saying makes sense. And I and I just feel like and this is just can take I your dollars like, and your draws if you I want. I feel like if I, I am I know that I'm one of the biggest givers in my church. So I don't have a problem preaching on giving. I I, I know what I do. I know what I do. Do I you take uh, <laughs> Grover said I'm pretty good at getting the money? <laughs> that joke, Grover. Yeah, block my deacons from this podcast. I need you to block my whole deacon board from this podcast. You say pretty good on getting the money. (laughs) You see the bank pretty good. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Robert standing up there in that white suit like, come on now, come on. Come on. (laughs) First Sunday. Hey, it's coming, Doc. First Sunday. Uh, That is hilarious. I want to switch gears. I do want to switch gears because we've talked about relevancy and preaching relevant. Now, I joked uh, earlier this week uh, about, you know, preaching on the crate challenge. And honestly, once we got, and I said this earlier in the podcast already, all the good jokes, it was literally stale by Saturday anyway. Right. It was already stale by Saturday anyway. How much, how important, and I, you know, we need to bring a pastor. We need to bring somebody in. Uh, uh, I don't know, Mike, if our, if our pastor is on, he says he's backstage, but I don't think he's, uh, I don't think, I don't see him on, um, we, we're bringing Pastor Bowie in, we'll just spill it, he, but I, I don't think we got him on, uh, correctly, we'll figure it out, uh, but how important is it, is it to you, uh, to be relevant to whatever's going on in the world? Um, you know, for me, I try to add in many, in many of my sermons, I try to add current events. I don't try to make them the topic. 
I don't try to make them the main point, but I try to add uh, what may be a current event in uh, the topic and uh, in, 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 in the means of what I'm talking about. So I, I, I'm not I'm not the preacher who, uh, like you said, try to, I, I don't try to grab a topic and then try to uh, find a scripture that <laughs> that. Uh, makes that topic relevant. I, I so don't what do you do think that. about pastors then who seem to center all of their sermons, like every week or every month, it is whatever the movie that was popular, it's the Avengers, it's, uh, I'm preaching I, on Captain I, I, Marvel, I, I, I'm preaching on Shades of Grey. I think it's gimmicky, and I don't think people need gimmicks, they need God. Uh-oh. But, but that, but, but people can relate Mark Mark says no gimmick sermons, but people can relate. I, I have used graphics and I will use some illustrations. And we'll talk about illustrations in a minute. But I agree. I think they should be sparingly used. And then you have to think about, because I believe personally the word should be, think about what we have to know about what Jesus was saying in context about the agriculture of the day. And he's talking about yeah. wine presses and stuff. And you got to look up all this junk about olives and wine presses and how it was then to, to figure out what he was talking about. Now, just think about how somebody 50 years from now is going to know what dream girls was or what the crate <laughs> challenge was, or, you know, right, about right, the right. debate between LeBron and Jordan. People are going to be like, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Or maybe, maybe it won't matter because we have moved on to some other trend, you know, but I, I have used some themes. I've gotten away from using movie and TV and this and that. Uh, and, you know, I think that, and then Dave said it perfect. He says, relevancy comes from a living and active word for me. And it speaks to all times and occasions. And current events can still preach from ancient text. And I agree with you a thousand percent. That the is whole wonderful. Book. I love that. And, and by I the way. That. Jesus pointed to stuff around him and said, look there at the tree. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with saying, just like we all saw in the news this week, or just like we all know the line from that movie. There's nothing wrong with that, I right. believe. Right. I right. believe right. it should start with the word. Absolutely. And then if that helps to bring it in. Sometimes it's just loosening people up, telling that joke. saying, And I'm not saying like a prepared joke, like a little boy was in the forest one day. You know, we all <laughs> had this, this mess. You know, and it, it always ends with like the preacher cheating on his wife or something. It's always ended the joke, but uh, but 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 I do think, that, uh, but but I do think you can point to things, and it helps people to draw them in. Like you do understand real life, because by the way, I've heard some opposite stuff where it seems like the preacher lives on another planet. You know, like the preacher doesn't even know what's going on in the world, period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some people like make a joke out of it. Like, I don't know about this bippity bop and hippity hop. And I'm like, all right, man. Okay. All right. We get it. You know, but like you're going overboard to try to prove that the world ain't got you. And I ain't got to like quote, you know, the Migos to make sense. But I want to sit here and act like I never heard of television either. Right. You know, right. like I'm just praying under a tree all, all week. And, you know, I got a revelation. We got to bring Bowie in to finish this up because he's, he's about to knock it out. Our, our guest, our, our made up guest tonight is Pastor James Bowie. <laughs> we, 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 we tipped him off. He's, he's in the uh, shoe department ready to sell some used Jordans to people. <laughs> 
that 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 that's a sermon topic. That's a sermon topic right this now. Cat, and this is the dude that your kids be always saying they need their new Jordans from, and he, he's the reseller. They're <laughs> selling Jordans for three hundred seventy-five dollars. By the way, this hey, mama, this is who your kids keep talking about. Hey, uh, pastor, what's happening, Pastor Bowie? Right, right. <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing good, y'all. Doing good, man. Thank I you for tapping in for a second, man. Man, everything y'all saying is 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 right on, man. We all in that in that wheelhouse some way, you know. Uh, with a lot of what you guys are uh, are saying, you know, when it comes to preaching, like you talking about subject matter, you know, pretty much, man. I I'm I'm right out the text. Like today, I preached out of uh, oh last week and today I preached out of last week was like Mark, you know, when Jesus says watch because take heed and pray. I just preached the sermon like watch right <laughs> you know because he said it like four times in the text and then today mark chapter one when he says repent and believe in the gospel that was my subject repent yeah. and believe in the gospel you know sometimes it's just right there so you didn't have to come up with a title like a recipe for repentance now see I, I like clever i like clever titles I, i'm a oh, clever jeff has guy. a lot of them jeff, I'm a jeff clever has a lot of when he say talk about tag the text, man, he be tagging it tough. Yeah, yeah, he, he tags it, retags it, he uh, spray paints it, <laughs> wrap it up, flip it, rub it down. Oh no! Yep, yep, violates the text. Just, just for example, just so crazy. Just for example, today, I mean, I started to say uh, the sermon topic. Um, I'm come, I'm, I'm coming out. Um, and so I talked about, you know. Back in 1980, you know, I heard you today. You, I talked about, I went through the whole thing of, you know, uh, stonewashed jeans and well, y'all was alive in 1980. Y'all was alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, see, I, was, I wasn't even alive. <laughs> see, see and, and, hey, boy, that's that's exactly what I said. And some of y'all too young to even understand some what I'm talking about. Y'all don't know about this. You don't know about this. <laughs> and, and I talked about how I was sitting in it, how I was sitting in the living room watching reruns of Space Ghosts. Oh man! And my mother, Lord, my mother, my mother, my mother, my mother was in the kitchen cooking chicken and told me to come in and turn up the radio. And it was a song, and I and I actually played the song during the sermon. It was Diana Ross. I'm coming out. Okay, you're definitely going to hell now, Jeff. <laughs> hey man, I just had a couple week, couple months ago. I just had my my daughter get me a G Four shirt on Amazon. None of these kids know nothing about G Force. They don't know about G Force. G Force. But what do you, what do you think about that, Pastor? Well, what do you think about the the people using today's you know topics? You know, just you know current events to to make their sermon more popular. I think we just have to be careful uh, about how we about trying to stimulate mm. people. You know, we looking, and I think you you may have said it, Pastor Stanford. You know about gimmicky. Yeah, yeah. We're not careful. You know, we can be, we can, we can stimulate them something. After we've hit them with that with that nice uh, title on there, and the message is number fluff. Yeah, mm. yeah. After that, so oh, there's a lot of guys thing. that. Prepare the title and no sermon. Come on. There's a, Come on. There's a lot of guys like, I could have walked out after you said the title and I would have been happier. I would have been happier if I had walked out after you said the title. Because after you sit through it, you'd be like, what in the world was this? 
Yeah. And, and, and let's just be clear. Your title, something in your message ought to reflect the title that you gave. You, and, I mean, and the scripture you read. And the, scri- and the, scri- and the scripture you read. Please the scripture you read, please. Man, they will read the scripture and act like the Bible don't exist after they, they read it. I'm like, what? <laughs> And, and like, can we be clear? This is religiously incorrect. Y'all can log off now if you are religiously correct. We judge you. People that know the word judge you. Other preachers judge you. Pastor Sheely walked in our church today. He was in town. Pastor Philip Sheely walked in. He, he's the pastor of Greater Apostolic Church for 25 years. I call him Uncle Phil. He's my Uncle Phil. When he walked in church, I gave him a great big hug before I went to the pulpit told him how happy I was to see him, and then told the church I'm changing my sermon right now. <laughs> this this word I had was garbage. I'm, I'm not <laughs> preaching this at all. You know what, Pastor Todd? There's been a couple of times in preaching where I've been intimidated. You know, I know I didn't study. I believe what I have is right. And then somebody who I look up in the ministry come mm-hmm. in because they hear, hey, you over here preaching, you over there. And it's like, oh, man, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it'll do it to you. It, it will do it to you. You don't want to disappoint them. You don't want to embarrass yourself. You know, you don't want them to think differently about you when, it, when it's over. Uh, I was laughing at Marlon's comment. He said, I saw a preacher with the title Between the Sheets, and it was a, res- <laughs> it was a Resurrection Sunday sermon. <laughs> what? <laughs> was it there was nothing between the sheets? Let's see. Listen, I know a preacher who preached and he rolled that ASS. See that? See, because now watch this. Now what you done done, what you done done is you done took somebody's mind someplace. Absolutely. And and, and I don't agree, by the way, because I see preachers do this. And you know what? I said this before. I said this last week with Dr. Dela Cruz. Preachers and some of our older preachers, especially, and some young preachers do it, too. We know that we're still dealing with this somewhat Puritan crowd that gets, thank you, Pastor Mark just said it. Sorry, I called you Pastor Mark Rain just said it. Shock value out of almost cussing in the pulpit or right. saying something shocking. And and even, you know, they'll say a real Puritan, like well, the rest of us will roll our eyes, but them church mother just act like he didn't say it, something crazy because in their world it is crazy. But we know that he's playing to them or she's right. playing to them purposely. Right. Trying to play bad boy. You know, and then the young people do it too. Some of our younger preachers who are trying too hard. Yes, I'll say it. You are trying too hard to be edgy. We don't need no more Reverend Howard Stearns. And we, we, we don't need this stuff. We, we don't. We don't need you. Well, if you're going to preach on sexuality and relationships, we don't need you jumping in beds and pulling out sex toys and, and talking. Li- you know, we don't need all that. We don't need to know what you do with your wife at home and all this other stuff so that you can tit- literally titillate people, get them going, create a viral moment. Get people talking about how wild and real you are yeah. when really you're seeking attention to yourself and the message got lost. You, you know, know what, Pastor, I had a situation a few years ago where uh, it was something that happened uh, sexual harassment wise, you know, that came to me. And when that happened, I preached a sermon out of when, uh, when Amnon uh, raped uh, Tamar. Mm-hmm. And I told yep. them going in at the beginning of the message, it's going to be some heavy content yes. here. So I'm going to yes. be talking about some stuff. So they already knew hey, rape was going to get out there. We're going to be talking about sex. So when pastors start preaching, it ain't shock value preaching. 
I'm preaching because the situation has, has come and y'all need to know how these things are dealt with. Right. How this thing happened, how do we deal with it? So the language has to become familiar because you had rape in the Bible. Right. You had these things. And the more we stay away from subject matter, come on, like sir. that, the more that stuff becomes taboo. And, and and accepted undercover mm-hmm. as a reality. I, I actually used the, sim- the same text uh, a couple years ago to preach Bring Back Our Girls, mm-hmm. which was the trend at the when you were talking about trendy, but I thought it was appropriate because there was a reckoning going on even prior to Me Too, and especially in the black community, of dealing with exploitation, just inappropriateness. There were, uh, you know, in many of our churches, a a trail of wreckage of bad behavior by preachers, deacons, men in the church, objectifying women. And we don't want to be honest about it. I had to get up in the pulpit and say, I am certain and sure, even as a young man who wasn't around all everything, that there were probably people who will never walk back in this church because of some experiences they had with some handsy deacon or some shady brother or was preying on the young girls, you know, in their vibrant stage in life. And, you know, they old and playing that extra long unholy hug stuff. Mm. And we think it's a joke and we don't want to talk. And I have to be honest, like we've probably run people away. We have probably hurt people. We need to repent as a church, even if we didn't do it personally and say that, you know, we need to address and make sure we hold up a standard, you know, and uh, and not joke about these things. I agree with you. We have to hit the heavy subjects. And and as I said before you got on, some people will feel like we're never hitting it enough or we're never addressing it enough. We're never dropping the hammer. They want us to string up dudes on the pulpit and say it was deacons, you know, blah, blah, blah. And 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 and, and bring his descendants up here so we can embarrass, you know, it might not go that far. Right. But we do have to address it. Absolutely. I, I think uh, probably one of the heaviest ones I preached was uh, when hurting, when hurting, when hurting sisters, when hurting sisters have to deal with sick brothers. Mm. And I, 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 I literally dealt with wow. the whole whole thing that happened up in Cleveland uh, with the three girls who were took oh, right, and molested right. and, and, and the sick brother and what he had to go through. And then I, you know, I went with the whole Ruth and uh, Ruth and, you know, how her husband and uh, her husband and sons had had to die. And she had to deal with a hurting sister, had to deal with sick brothers. Uh, you right. know? And, and so I think I think these things need to be talked about and we need, we need to deal with them because it's happening. It's happening in our world. Yeah. And, and I think there's a, a, a legitimate way to deal with it and a biblical way to deal with it. Uh, we have a question I do want to add. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give my quick 10 second answer, three second answer, actually, and then I'll pass to Pastor Bowie. Uh, Jameson asks, should you look up to pastors? Uh, I'll tell you, I look up to pastors and their preaching. Yes. And their demeanor. I'm not trying to be them, but I, I have gleaned and refined my presentation, uh, the, the way I relate, the way I try to uh, have pulpit presence. And even the way, and again, not copying someone else's style, not trying to growl like this one or do this or that. But but if I notice uh, that I could be more structural and I'm around someone who is very well structured, I, I take note. Uh, you better pay attention to somebody who's doing what you hope to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, right, you know, right. uh, does LeBron look up to Michael Jordan? Absolutely. So Come on, sir. <laughs> go ahead, Pastor Bowie. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I, I believe when we start off preaching, until we become 
who we are and 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 continue to excel, there's somebody in our life. I remember for a long time, I used to get off work late at night, <clears throat> and uh, Bishop Neville's used to be on. So oh yeah, listen to Bishop Neville's, and there's a lot of things that Bishop Neville used to say, little catchy things mm-hmm. that I put into my sermons because I just thought they were good transitioning ways for me. So him, uh, I mean, there, there there's a, a, a pastor, uh, uh, God rest his soul, uh, uh, Lonnie Simon, uh, Pastor Morris Lee. And I looked up, you know, to these guys. So there were things you modeled from them. You learned uh, pulpit etiquette, behavior, those things you learned because there's another batch of preachers coming behind. And this is what I do with my young preachers that my pastor didn't do with us, but to help all my new uh, ministers and training come, I allow them to sit in the pulpit before they're even licensed so they can get comfortable. Mm. They can see the pulpit. Mm-hmm. They can watch etiquette, how I do things. They learn that then. I just thought it was something that they needed to know because I didn't get to know it till after I've been licensed and sat in the pulpit for the first time. True. Oh, so that's very when we good. do that's throw people good. into it, you're right. That's yeah, definitely good. look up. Go ahead, Pastor Jeff. I would just say, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of, you know, uh, my tendencies I get from my father, you know, you know, because he raised me. A lot of the ways I act, a lot of the things I say, I got from my father. And I think, um, you know, for <laughs> how long was it, Pastor Todd? You and, you and, you and uh, Deacon Tony would always say, I would say, uh, you know, I just stopped by here on my way Stop to glory. By here on my way to glory. It, it was, it was, it was, it was because Pastor Harrison said it so much. Right. It was just something that you know, and it was innate, innate in me that yeah. it just came out. And I think you know, I think we we we're, we're going to get things. We're going to glean things off of those who uh, are are wiser and and yeah. more more astute than we are. So and we do like those clever. I mean, I would copy people more if I can get away with it and not be, you know, because they be saying some stuff that I got. Thank you for listening from uh, Dr. Melvin Howard. Okay. okay. Dr. Melvin Howard would wreck the church on a Sunday night, come down from his hoop and say, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> that, that's a cat. It's a Paramore thing, too. Paramore always He didn't hoop the Mississippi and back and then had the nerve to just say, ah, thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, so I say it and people think I'm being clever after I usually say it between my points and my hoop. You know, uh, before I'm ready to rev up, I'm like, thank you for listening to all the junk I had to say about this text. <laughs> so, th- thank you for listening. And then and then take off. He would say it after he came down. And so I, I took that. Uh, uh, Bishop Clark says, uh, preach Clark. And then he answers himself and says, I'm I'm doing the best I can with a hostile crowd. <laughs> yes, he does. I wanted to make him a shirt and say that. I'm doing the best I can. Matter of fact, next time I go to the church with Berea, I'm going to wear a t-shirt that says, hostile crowd. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. When I'm teaching my Bible study lessons, I pick this up from Pastor Paramore. I hope this is helping somebody. I hope this is helping. Because I ain't got nothing else. Listen, listen. <laughs> This is the best. This is all I got, y'all. I want y'all to know that. This is all I got. Uh, we got a couple of quickies. We'll just make these our rapid fires uh, since we're coming up on time. You might as well bring Mike in. Well, he doesn't want to come in. He says, we'll oh, just, we'll okay, just finish okay. with Pastor Bowie. Pastor Bowie will be Mike today. So rapid fire. Uh, Marlon asked, what was your most creative sermon title? 
I'm trying to look through my notes to find it to see if I can find a good one. I got oh, no man, uh, style, but no substance. Style, but no substance. I preached from about the uh, the fig tree uh, that Jesus spoke to, and it withered up. And I talked about you got style. You look you look like something on the outside, but when Jesus came to draw fruit, there was none. So, and people still come up to me, Reverend Bowie. I still remember when you preached that. And I was back at Union Baptist. I think mine was dirty, not dusty. I did that at New Bethel. Uh, and what I did at my own church was they can't handle my happy. Oh, wow. Nice. Mm. nice. They can't handle okay. my happy. I think I think probably the most, I don't know. I, I got so many of them. I think yeah, I loved uh, From the Favor of the Crowd to the Fury of the Storm. Okay. Um, nice. uh, uh, it's just so many of them. But I, I really like that one. So Y'all don't give enough money. That was the name of my sermon. <laughs> 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 Mark, Mark Reyes, do you ever find yourself coordinating your sermon with the song selections that your music staff prepare for the week? So do you coordinate your sermon with the songs? No, I don't. I don't. Nah, I don't. not yet. I'm not there yet. Uh, my, my new MD has been asking, like, so so what are you preaching this week? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Bruh. It's, it's Saturday at six o'clock. I got six more hours to figure this out. Man. I, ain't, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I know that some churches like totally mold, you know, and everything has to go together. Yeah. You know, and I think it's nice. Don't get me wrong. I think it's beautiful. I just I'm not there yet. Like you said, you know what I think the church needs to do? I do think and I was thinking this about myself. And I think we I think we need to get back to having prepared uh, invitation selections and and if having enough of a repertoire to a to meet where you end up at, right? Because right. you, you you used to have that, you know, yeah, uh, right. at least some. It can't always become the Jesus, you know. <laughs> right, 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 and, right. You know, so I I I, I do think that, but uh, no, nah, I'm not there yet. But I respect those who do. Yeah, uh, that's true. Same okay, Big Mike wants to come in. Come on, Big Mike, and, and shut us down. He does have a question for Reverend Bowie. I think you owe him money or something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had to pay the last. Right, listen. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah that's you how owe, work, you owe from last week. You owe from last week. No, <laughs> 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 nah, but real quick, uh, usually when we have a pastor on, I ask this question, but um, I forgot to ask when you were on here, so I'm gonna ask right. you now: How good or how bad was oh, your first sermon? Is. I say on a scale of one to ten, I give it a five. A five. five. Okay, okay. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you we remember what it stories. was? Do you Go remember ahead. what it was? Oh man. Nah. I can't remember the title. Well, I mean, if y'all if y'all don't know, if you ain't never been in Pastor Bowie's office, he got every one of his sermons from 1923. I got all uh, of them. He got, <laughs> he got them all named and categorized. On chalkboards. I mean, he got, he, he, he literally got. Uh, On papyrus. No, he got them in. in, in scrolls. <laughs> yeah, that's the scrolls. I said, what? Do I? I said, well, you got everywhere. Hey, you I mean, he got, he got them kind of, he got funerals, weddings. Sermons, I respect sermons from it. the New Testament, from the Old. I said, "Lord, have mercy." Hey, you know what I did? I took, I take all my funeral sermons, and I put all the 
funeral uh, program programs with them in uh, with the sermons. And let me just I say this as we're talking about preaching one on one. A preacher saw that one day when he came. Up. Oh man, wow! You know what he asked me? He said, "Can I get them? Can I get the yeah? Wow. Yeah. You know what I did? I gave it to him. Gave it to him. Hmm. I I I think I Jeff remembers this. Many times. I I think Jeff remembers this. Uh, for a while at Agape, I would leave my Bible studies out on the table, and there's a local minister that was stopping by and taking them. Okay. <laughs> and I think he was kind of rubbing the the top, you know, the name off the top. <laughs> white white out and stuff. White out, yeah, yeah. I'm like, bro, you could have just asked, man. I mean, why don't you just give credit? You know, why don't you just give credit where it's due? You know, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. If my if my iPad ever get lost, because my stuff ain't in the cloud, I lost every sermon I ever preached. I can tell. I, I do. I really do need to start uh, down uh, downloading or printing them out or something. You better write them joints down, man. But you yeah. know what, Pastor Stanford? The pandemic made me do the opposite. Hmm. Now huh. I've got everything on my flash drive. Okay. Wow! Because I'm taking my tablet now to preach, and so. Uh, one of my preacher friends showed me how to use uh uh man what's the thing on 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 uh the iPad where uh, I can't notes. think what it the is. Notes app? That's not it, 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 it's not notes. It's it's an orange icon. What it is it's orange, but it's for it's for stuff like that. Anyway, I just <laughs> I put all of them, I upload them to them, and I, right use, there. I use that now. Yeah, I, I, I never thought you would use the iPad. I, you you was using notes up until about three years ago. We <laughs> still, still using them notes. I mean, he had them. Uh, uh, but he had them. What 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 is that? Uh, when you put the plastic covering over them? Yeah, man. Yeah, everything. Yeah, he had them I right. Keep protectors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I, I did want to for a while preach from papers. I wanted to preach from papers for one reason and one reason only, because Bishop J. Delano Ellis preached a classic sermon at the Kojic Convocation, and at the end, he threw his papers in the air, <laughs> and I thought that was the greatest, and I've been wanting to throw papers in the air in one of my sermons. I would I would put it on an iPad and still make papers and just throw them just to do it. <laughs> I sure love throwing stuff. I didn't throw palms, my jacket. I threw my jacket once. I, I've done all kinds of stuff. I did throw a bulletin once. I did one of those. Forget the order of service. We don't need this order of service. <laughs> and then after I got done carrying on, I was like, all right, what's next, y'all? Where, where the program at? I don't know what. <laughs> We gotta go, y'all. It's almost ten yeah, thirty. We gotta go. Hey, hey! The one day I kicked off, one day I kicked off my shoes and my feet was stinking. I was like, "Listen, oh, there you go." Got the socks with the hole in it. That's what Grover already mentioned. The socks with the I hole in it. I was like, "Whoa, boy, put them, bring them shoes back in." The spirits that came in. Listen, y'all, we're going to have to do a, a, a Preacher 101 Part 2 and bring in I some more preachers. Listen, y'all, this is real. You do know preachers are human, right? And I feel it's better for us to just talk about life. You're still inspired. Holy Ghost still speaking to us. But life is life, and we got we to gotta make it through it. You know, we've all preached some stinkers. We've had some some funny. I, I didn't upload all my notes the last time I preached for Bishop Heron. I had put them. I had updated more notes. 
and it didn't transfer to my iPad because I realized I had no Wi-Fi between doing it. So I'm opening my iPad like, where are my notes go? Well, I only got like the base scripture in like one sentence. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember what I said. And, you know, it came off, but it was, you know, it's not right. great. So, no, I, I love it. Uh, Pastor Boo, you want to leave us with any parting shots about sermon prep and sermon relevancy? Any parting shots? Just a, a word of wisdom. I just say this. One, one, I went up, this was probably about a year or so still in my preaching. I went up for a, a preacher up in Cleveland, Pastor Gant. Uh, was his name and big church, big staff of preachers, and he, he had me up there to do two services. I'm like, all right, go up there. I'm hype. You know, it's my first away. I'm up in Cleveland. Blah blah blah. I go up there, man. I preach. I thought it was great. You know, preach the second sermon. He had dinner. Preach the second sermon. Thought that was great. He pulled me in the office afterwards, and he said to me, he said, preacher, he said, uh, can you uh, can you take criticism? In my mind, I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And he said, he said, you did good. He said, but you started way up here. Mm. Because you started there, you had nowhere, nowhere to, to go. go. Wow. And you talking about humble? Man, I was humble pie all the way home. Listen. Like, yeah. Yeah. Been there. Well, well, he would hate me because yeah. <laughs> Jeff gets out the car. Jeff gets out the car on eleven. He pulls in the parking lot going seventy five miles an hour in the Kia A flat. <laughs> yeah, at this ad, man. We've been there. We've been there. Our last ad from the Phillips Care family of businesses. Phillips Care Training are the new owners of High Street Fitness in Cortland. Mike Phillips is the owner from the Phillips Care family of businesses. Hit them up again. Excuse me on Facebook. At Phillips Care, they will be. They will get you right. It's too late to get right for summer. You might as well get right for Halloween, uh, right before you get fat again for Thanksgiving. So do what you can do. What you got, Mike will get you right. His whole family. I mean, his baby does push-ups. I mean, his baby be out there doing box jumps and stuff. You know, that's that's how he teaches the children how to walk doing box right. jumps. Right. Uh, so we appreciate the Phillips Care family of businesses for being supporters. If you would like to be a sponsor of Religiously Incorrect and reach out to our millions of viewers all millions. over the galaxy. Uh, listen, we, we're, we're already on, on, on the other side of the moon. I mean, listen. It's, it's, Mark it's, Raines it's, is 12 people himself. Mark, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he is my uh, stunt devil. He is my Youngstown stunt devil since I'm afraid to come to the yo. Mark Raines goes for me. Remember, y'all, next week, 8 o'clock. Eight o'clock is our new September time. It's religiously incorrect daylight savings time. We might have a special guest. We'll find out. Uh, we'll announce it. You know, black people don't confirm when they're supposed to. Let's be honest. Can we just be honest about this? If I asked Pastor Holbrook to be on, he'd be he'd be ready for January already. So, you know, American, we don't know. We don't know. Hey, y'all, you don't act like you ain't had that speaker that you didn't know if they was gonna show up or not. Like, like the night before. You know, you didn't know. So, hey, we're going to pick this up subject again. Love having you on, Pastor Bowie, man. It's Bless always a pleasure. Man. Give Bless Lady Judy love. You. Big Mike, Jeff, until next week. All right. Peace. See you All next right. week. Peace out.
That was pretty lively. I like 